Sabbath theologian Norman Wurzba talks about the radical nature of saying grace. This act that's been so ubiquitous for generations, it's actually an act that's radical. It's always been a radical act, and maybe it's even more so now. This act that refuses to just take first. This act that looks outside of itself before ingesting anything. This act that turns to God and others with thankfulness before consuming for oneself. Saying grace is a simple, humble act, but it's radical. It's radical in a culture that feels entitled to all things. It's radical in a world that thinks that we are the makers of our own destiny. It's radical in a world that only thinks about itself. It's radical in a world that is so far removed from the sweat and toil that is involved in the production of its food. It's radical in a world that has no patience and expects everything immediately. It's radical to stop, to pause, to reflect on all the people that have made it possible for this food to be on our plates, to be grateful for the life that was lost for our sustenance, to thank God as the giver of all good gifts, and to trust that there will be enough for tomorrow. Saying grace is a radical act. And this poem helps us remember why that's the case. This is the fourth in my sequence of seven sonnets on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this one is on the petition, Give us this day our daily bread, and is simply called Daily Bread. Give us this day our daily bread, we pray, as though it came straight from the hand of God, as though we held an empty plate each day and found it filled by miracle with food, Although we know the ones who plough and sow, who pick and plant and package whilst we sleep, with slow, back-breaking labour, row by row, and send away to others all they reap, we know that these unseen who meet our needs are all themselves the fingers of your hand, as are the grain, the rain, the air, the land. And slighting these, we slight the hand that feeds. What if we glimpsed you in their daily toil and found and thanked and served you through them all? Walter Brueggemann said that the economy that the Hebrews were saved from in Egypt wasn't primarily an economy based on production. It was an economy based on anxiety. Pharaoh was fearful of a famine. He was fearful of the Hebrews. He was terrified that his empire was going to come crumbling down. And so he filled his storehouses with grain 
and he forced the Hebrews to work without rest, and he killed the Hebrew children to keep their population down, and he erected statues to make himself feel strong and powerful, but he was scared. The economy of Egypt was an economy of fear and anxiety. And so when God brought the Hebrews out of Egypt and promised to provide food and water for each day, and even enough to have a day of rest, what he was doing was inviting them into an economy of abundance and peace and to turn away from that economy of anxiety and fear. Maybe you want to pause here and just reflect on that for a few minutes. Are you living in God's economy of abundance and peace? Or are you living in Pharaoh's economy of anxiety and fear? What will it take to get you to trust in God's kingdom economy? Maybe it's a, a robust commitment to saying grace every meal in a way to move into that economy. Not, not grace as a pious act that you have to do before you eat, but truly a pause. Three times a day to say, I trust you. God, I trust you. I am going to relinquish my anxieties and trust in your provision for me, an example of which sits before me on this plate right now. I'm going to pause and reflect and trust in God. Move me out of my anxieties and into the economy of your abundance and your peace. Thinking about all that, this poem starts in a beautifully playful way. It says, Give us this day our daily bread, we pray, as though it came straight from the hand of God. It's inviting us to recognize the direct link between the food on our plate and the provision of God, the hand of God. And then it says, As though we held an empty plate each day and found it filled by miracle with food. I just think that's such a, a wonderful way to be thinking about our food. We start with an empty plate. Often in my house, we're just sort of throwing things on it quickly because the kids are screaming or Zoe's crying in the background. And we still have an hour of homework to do after the meal is finished. We're throwing things on the plate to sort of stop the chaos. But this poem invites us to see that this very act of going from an empty plate to a full one, regardless of the circumstances, is a miracle. It's a gift from the holy and living God who acts in history to care for his people. It's a miracle. These leftovers that I'm piling on the plate are a miracle. But that miracle is actually quite complex, with untold numbers of people being involved in plowing and sowing, picking and planting and breaking their backs in extremely demanding physical labor while we sleep, the poem says. This miracle of God's provision takes a lot of people and extremely hard work, as well as grain and rain and air and land. And all of this takes much toil and labor and patience and trust, and is often not highly rewarded in a sort of despicable irony of our modern capitalist age, the majority of the world's poor and hungry are actually small farmers. And so taking all of this into account, the poem ends by saying, what if we glimpsed you 
daily in their toil? What if we saw God in them and in their hard work and found and thanked and served you through them all? What if we found ways to give thanks to God by finding, thanking, and serving all those people who helped to bring about God's miraculous provision to our plates? To pause and thank the checkout cashier at the grocery store. To find a local farmer and find ways to support his good and wonderful work. To buy fair trade products as a way to serve those who serve us. And all of this as an act of love, service, and thanksgiving to God, the giver of all good gifts. How might you find ways to find, thank, and serve those who helped provide you with your daily bread? God, help us to be the kind of people who live in your economy of abundance and peace. And from that place, show us how we can find, thank, and serve those who care for us as part of your miraculous care. And may we do so as an act of love and service to you, our Father who provides our daily bread. This is the fourth in my sequence of seven sonnets on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this one is on the petition, Give us this day our daily bread, and is simply called Daily Bread. Give us this day our daily bread, we pray, as though it came straight from the hand of God, as though we held an empty plate each day and found it filled by miracle with food, Although we know the ones who plough and sow, who pick and plant and package whilst we sleep, with slow, back-breaking labour, row by row, and send away to others all they reap, we know that these unseen who meet our needs are all themselves the fingers of your hand, as are the grain, the rain, the air, the land. And slighting these, we slight the hand that feeds. What if we glimpsed you in their daily toil and found and thanked and served you through them all?